I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Here's a quick question for you. How did you sleep last night? If your battle for a good night's sleep feels relentless, I have the answer. It's a podcast called Sleep Wave with meditations and hypnosis created to help you fall asleep. My relaxation techniques will help you feel calm and ready for sleep with soft music that will help you fall asleep in minutes. Most listeners never hear the end of an episode. So search Sleep Wave on your favorite podcast app and find out why over a million people have fallen asleep to my voice. I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Dyking Out, a podcast with two lesbians who try to dismantle the patriarchy brick by brick. Why? Because we're good with our hands. I'm Carolyn Bergier. <laughs> and I'm Sarah York. And today we'll be dyking out with friend of the podcast and legal expert, Megan Harney, on the topic of LGBT law stuff. Yes, <laughs> that is the best we can come up with. <laughs> I Thanks for having me. Law stuff. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I didn't know what they call it like. I don't know either. Law stuff is fine. It says that on her degree. Legal. Law stuff. (laughs) Megan Harney, Esquire. Law stuff. stuff. (laughs) 
Esquire, that always sounds so fancy. My uncle's a lawyer, and then whenever I see Esquire next to his name, I feel like we're British. Yeah. <laughs> you are. It does seem like someone who wears one of those like white wigs to like go to work. Uh, which I think they do that there. They do that, yeah. They do it in the UK. In the UK, cool. yeah. Yeah. Some That's awesome. There's a progressive move away from the wig. Oh really? Away yes. from the wig. Yeah. Why why would you want to do your job not wearing a costume? White white wig. So before we get into today's mm-hmm. topic about law stuff, let's mm-hmm. talk about some lighter things. Uh, how's everyone doing? I mean, I'm good. I'm a, I'm kind of reeling. <laughs> I yesterday watched the movie My Girl for the first time. Oh no! <gasps> I know, and I didn't. I didn't even actually finish the movie, but I've I made my girlfriend explain what happened. We had to leave with with like 20 minutes to go, and I was like, I f- I was like, okay, you need to tell me how that ended. She's like, do you want to finish? I'm like, no, no, no. I need to know. Like. I feel like a kid was going to die throughout the whole thing. I just <laughs> Spoiler felt, alert if you haven't seen my yeah. girl. Well, I mean, she goes, her, her, the next thing she said was, you're 31 years old and you don't know how Thomas J dies in my girl. And I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. Show me about the bees and like the, yeah. I was like, man, it really bummed me out a lot. It's really sad. That, yeah. That when that she movie, walks up to the casket movie. and it's, she like it's touches the, his face. She does? Oh, that's of, Child acting. That's the best child acting. She's brilliant. Yeah. Other than maybe Stranger she's Things, I deep. dare you to find. Yeah. Um, to she's find. really good. We actually saw her the other day in a Ch- Chlemsky or whatever, Chlemsky, Chlemsky? in yeah. our neighborhood in Bushwick. I guess she lives oh. there. All right. Yeah. Which was kind of, oh. I was, it was really weird seeing like a famous person in my neighborhood. I'm like, yeah. this is not an expensive neighborhood. Why are you here? She probably has a When is the loft. rent going up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What is it like Brenda? terrified me. I was like, uh oh. Sick artist loft. <laughs> there's, there's TV stars living here now. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if her and Max still hang out then, because he's a New Yorker. Who? Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Culkin. Oh, yeah. I'm, I doubt it. I bet she feels. I isn't his life kind of in a spiral? I think it is. A little. It's a he's spiral. He's had a rough one by his own choosing. I mean, uh, he did date Mila Kunis for eight years, so he did. Uh, so he's fine. Yeah. I, have, I don't think I've talked about this on <laughs> the podcast. At least he's got the memories. <laughs> I've met Macaulay Culkin numerous times. What? You haven't talked about that. We're 14 episodes in, and you've never mentioned this. So I'm a fan of Macaulay Culkin, uh, which maybe (laughs) makes this a little bit creepier. But when I first moved to New York, I read about these parties that Macaulay Culkin would host at Le Poisson Rouge called Macaulay Culkin's iPod. And Macaulay Culkin comes, plugs his iPod in, and hangs out. So as advertised, that's what this party is. Exactly what it is. So it's like my first week in New York, and I'm like, I'm going to this. So they have themes, and it was Dinosaur Birthday Party. So of course. I went to, to Office Depot or wherever, and I bought a bunch of construction paper, and I made myself this like rainbow stegosaurus costume, <laughs> which looked pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I met up with a friend of mine from college, and she's like, what is this? <laughs> Wait, I, I might have not seen her since college, and then we meet up to go to this thing that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, of course, like most things in my life, I'm the only one who shows up in costume. <laughs> so here I am dressed as a dinosaur. A gay dinosaur. <laughs> uh, but then Macaulay Culkin came to talk to me because oh, I, I was dressed up like a like a dinosaur. And of course, I did the non- 
New Yorker thing. <laughs> the thing that New Yorkers aren't supposed to oh, do. Oh, where you immediately talk about like, his movies. <laughs> like, freak I'm out. I'm such a huge fan of yours. I yeah. love all your movies. I'm such a fan. Uh, I'm such a fan. I'm sorry to bombard you with that. He's like, oh, thanks. It's really nice. He, he's so nice. And yeah. he's so cool. And these parties were actually fun. There, were, there was no cover. And <laughs> I, I like dressing up. So I would I would go to these parties regularly. That night, uh, he came up to me and tapped me on the shoulder. And there's nothing like being tapped on the shoulder and turning around and it's Macaulay Culkin. Right. <laughs> and you're like, if you're a fan, that is a very like unique me. experience. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, "Do you want to be in a costume contest?" And I said, "Yeah." And he's like, "Great, you won." <laughs> but so this funny time, too. Other, pe- other people have showed up though in okay. costume at this point. But uh, yeah, so I got I got like a trophy and a dinosaur lunchbox and that's amazing all this stuff. And uh, and I kept going back to these parties and they had like really fun themes and I got to meet people like uh, you know like Seth Green and um, the other Culkins, all, all of his siblings. Oh, all of them. Yeah, they're like the Quinn. Baldwin's, but with a little bit less like recognition i think and more talent yeah definitely uh rory culkin kieran culkin very talented guys yeah uh they're they're all pretty talented so yeah i would go and until he stopped having them and then he did his like velvet underground um pizza underground cover band oh okay thing i had no idea about any of this This Uh, neither this is so cool no honestly i think i mean he may or may not ha- have a drug problem, mm-hmm. but I also feel like he's living his best life. He has all these yeah. like artsy projects he has going on, and he's you know hanging out with. He's got to still be getting likes. checks from like Home Alone royalties totally. and stuff. Yeah, they play he's that still thing getting on loop on like that. TBS every year. I I love Macaulay Culkin. I think Macaulay Culkin is one of the best child actors. He had range. He was great. He if played he- a, a sadistic <laughs> little. The good like, son, yeah. The, the good son, he was he was legitimately scary in that movie. Yeah, and to go from that to my girl, where he's I know, just like so this sweet. quiet, nerdy, oh, sweet, yeah. sensitive sweet boy, to Home Alone, where he's kind of like this hyper brat. Yeah. You know? Just but, like a precocious little but, booby but trap even, setting kid. But even in Home Alone, it's like kind of a delicate balance of like, I miss my family, I hate my family, mm-hmm. and cycling through... As a kid, yeah, give, give the guy a, an Oscar. <laughs> what is this? He does. He does deserve like a not. You can't say like a like a like he's not dead, but like one of those after <laughs> the fast career yeah, Oscar. Yeah, after the death of your career, we're gonna go back and actually give you the props you deserve for this because we're I'm sorry, pretty sure his Macaulay, parents were ripping him off listening. the whole time. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know how much of his of the money that he made from that he still has. Richie That's Rich. why he had to emancipate Richie Rich himself. was so good. He was Richie Rich, so he can play this affluent. Yeah, he played like a one percenter kid yeah. who had to like you know learn that the poor kids were his real friends. You yeah. know, like that was. Oh man, I used to watch that movie and just that was in the height of the part of my life where I thought having a roller coaster in your backyard was like. <laughs> The apex of success. Yeah. When I was like eight years old, I was like, this is the coolest movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) This is realistic. (laughs) That's great. Anyway, my girl was super sad. You didn't even see the super sad part. I know. I can't bring myself to watch it now. I probably will just to like finish the movie. And then I was informed that there's a sequel, which I didn't know. My girl too. Yeah. I found it a little unrealistic that Jamie Lee Curtis was so attracted to Dan Aykroyd. (laughs) But it's okay. I'll let it slide. Uh, yeah. I mean. My girlfriend's like, but he's really sweet. He's She's like totally standing up for him. Like, I was like, I don't know. She's Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. She was a babe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, 95% of movies, you could question the yeah. pairing of why. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely. 
And then we followed that movie by, we watched two movies yesterday, followed that one by the saddest movie I've ever seen, but also like kind of a terrible movie. And no one's probably seen this. The Hollers. Mm-mm, no. It's a fairly newer one. John Krasinski is in it and he directed it apparently. But it was just like Margot Martindale, who is my absolute favorite actress of all time, is in it. Do you know who Margot? She's like a character actress. I don't know. Anyway, she yeah. plays a sick mom. And like, we should have known. It said, this movie is about a sick mom in so many words in the synopsis. <laughs> And we watched, it was just like, it was, it was a really kind of a poorly made movie, but still had those tearjerker moments. And I, yeah. I've only recently gotten to a point in my life where I cry at movies at all. Oh. I'm usually able to detach myself enough and be like, this isn't real and just convince myself it's not sad. But I l- literally sobbed after the, the movie was over. I was like, why did you, I was so, I was like, why did we watch this? <laughs> She's it's like, good for it's, you. It felt good. It was yeah. kind of a release. It's cathartic. The, the mm-hmm. last let movie, it out. Yeah. yeah. The last movie I, I had a good cry at was, I mean, it was a year and a half ago or something. I watched AI for the first time. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, I don't oh, remember who was Artificial in Artificial Intelligence. Oh, was that the Robin Williams one? No. No, it, that's Bicentennial I Man. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> that's none of those things. I, ro- that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, not Will him. Smith, not Jude, Robin Williams. Jude Law's in it. Uh, right. Disgusting oh, man, yeah. Jude Law is yeah. in it. Uh, <laughs> and um, Haley Joel Osment. Oh, yeah. Is that mm-hmm. his name? Uh, he's in it and just rips your heart out of your chest. Mm-hmm. And then when you think they can't his take mom it anymore, in that, she was really excellent. Stomping on it. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. She was really good. Yeah. Shout I'll, out to whoever that was. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll I don't think I've seen later. that one. Oh my gosh. If you if you want a good cry, I don't know. Is he a, is the kid is a robot, right? Or yeah. he's he's like a Yeah, and all he wants is for his mom to love him and to like really oh, love him I like did a real see boy. This movie. Yeah. I think I saw yeah. this in the theater when it was I mean it was like ninety eight or ninety nine or whatever, but yeah. yeah. Haley oh. Joel Osment, also a good kid actor, but not as good I think as Macaulay Culkin in his prime. Yeah, no, Macaulay Culkin Again, the range, the range, the range on, that, on boy. that kid. Uh, if if you're listening and you want to challenge me, yeah. tell me another child actor that has more range. Because uh, those kids on Stranger Things might be good, but they're only playing those. Parts. I thought Christina Ricci was a good child actor. She, she I, was, I mean, I love she's her. Kind now of and the then. same. Yeah, kind of the same character, like a, a morose bit. kid. Yeah, I think Elle Fanning was. Oh and yeah, continues to be really talented. Elle Fanning mm. is awesome. In that movie, oh, what was that movie she was in about the alien invasion? It was like, it was a, oh man, what's it called? Eight something? The number oh, eight was in it. Yeah, where the kid is a filmmaker yeah, and he's yeah. shooting the whole thing. Oh, it I was know. really yeah. good. Yeah. She's good too. Hmm. hmm. Well, that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wasn't watching movies. Well, I was watching movies that were like on TV, like Jurassic Park. Oh, last that's night, always good. But I was watching it while I was building out Lego sets. Oh That's really? Fun. Yeah. Why were you why were you doing that, Carolyn? So my <laughs> my uh wife, um you, you know when people get married and in some cultures they have like a dowry. Uh, yes, I'm familiar. Yeah. So <laughs> I inherited a bunch of Legos in my marriage. <laughs> and That's cool. Uh it's pretty great. <laughs> she she just has them. I've actually thought about buying them because I love like building little yes. I think it would help my ADHD if I could relaxing. just focus on that. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. I don't know everyone's like, oh puzzles, coloring books for adults and stuff. So-. No, Legos. Just regular Legos. Ass are Legos. So freaking cool. And uh she has these holiday sets. Mm-hmm. And they're so cool. They're so cool. <laughs> they're so cool and they're so cute. And uh, she just has 
tons of Legos and uh, you just build the it's wonderful like before I got married under my bed all sweaters now yeah. all Legos <laughs> all Legos all Legos under it hurts the bed. more to step on Legos probably than sweaters but. yeah well they're <laughs> yeah they're, they're tucked away when they need to be but now that uh Christmas is mm-hmm. uh approaching yeah. when this podcast comes out at least yeah <laughs> it'll be true. soon approaching and uh it's cute they have a little Lego a little decoration. Santa workshop yeah. yeah. It right. is Santa's workshop. That's what I did last night. I put together. <laughs> I don't doubt it. Santa's yeah. workshop. Before that, I was doing a, a holiday market. She was putting Great. together the Christmas carousel. This is really cute. This, this is, is really gay. I think you need to post it's a photo so gay. Of, the, of the completed, like, little world that you're building. I will. I'm, I'm building out uh, the Bryant Park. Uh, we, we record this right by Bryant Park. So uh, I'm building out the Bryant Park holiday market. Oh, fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> That's pictures. where I'll be walking through after this. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Oh, there's such good food there. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've talked about yeah. enough uh, <laughs> light, fluffy stuff. Let's get the real yeah. Oof. The real meat. The meat yeah. and potatoes. <laughs> uh, so, Megan, you are a lawyer and you um, work on LGBT stuff. Yeah. yeah, so I'm a lawyer. I, I work, didn't go to law school. So. <laughs> I work at the Legal Aid Society. I do disability advocacy. Uh, so when people have been denied for their SSI benefits um, and they've had an administrative hearing denying them, then they get me and I do their um, appeal process. Uh, so noble cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a tough cause especially with our current administration just worrying about the future of SSI and whether or not are they cracking down on um it's definitely on the it? chopping block. I yeah. mean just from the rhetoric from the campaign, it's pretty clear that this oh, means sure. I assume this means social security yeah. insurance is In, that what, income in, and in, insurance. Income. Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah so, they, they have like a pretty narrow definition of what a disability is on the right because you keep hearing comments like well this person should be working instead of just sitting at home and and collecting "Mm -hmm." checks and and collecting checks and when that's the when that's the narrative that you're fighting against that's got to be hard especially when that's coming from the top it is really hard and especially um i have a lot of clients with mental health issues and to try to convince certain people that having a mental health impairment is just as serious as having something going on physically um, you wouldn't think that that would be hard <laughs> to convince yeah. someone of, but it is. And I mean, certainly- not to feed a stereotype, but all the postal employees, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and it happened enough time that going postal yeah. is a game. That should make you worry about the mental yeah. health of your, your colleagues. Yeah, right. maybe they're not all fit to be in the office. Yeah, or not even. I mean, not even just the postal, but with you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of four mass shootings a day. One yeah. of them is like employment related. Yeah. So definitely, definitely hard stuff. Also, um, sorry. Yeah, you're fine. <laughs> I don't want to imply that anybody with a mental disability is going to shoot up their place <laughs> yeah. of work. No, we're There's a large that. range of right. uh, mental illness, mental health, and um, but it, that should be taken care of mm-hmm. um, if it's right. Yeah. 
And it should be taken seriously. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to say that these are my opinions and beliefs and not to be ascribed to the Legal Aid Society. (laughs) I'm just here as my own my own woman today. Yes, you can't repeat any of what Megan says to get out of your parking ticket. Yeah. <laughs> She's not here for this that. Is not this is legal not legal advice. <laughs> this is information. Don't yeah. try using it. The advice get mad. you do have to pay for. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> do, yeah. you, do you get asked by your friends for legal advice on things that you have like no idea about all the yeah, time? Yeah, mm-hmm. all the time. And typically I will tell them that spiel of this is just some information that I remember from law school and you should not rely on it. Um, But it's tough because people are just like, I don't care. Just tell me whatever you know. And it's, you know, you don't want to put people in a precarious position. Yeah. Yeah. Serious things. Yeah. I would never advise someone on like immigration issues because I don't know anything about that. And that's really complicated. Yeah. (sighs) Yep. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I'm also on the LGBT rights committee of the city bar. So I was saying earlier, the, the cool thing about that is that all the people on the committee are coming from different sectors. So some people are working at big law firms and some people are working at nonprofits in the city. You know, we have some government folks on the, on the committee as well. And everyone gets a chance once a month and then with considerable extracurricular work um, to work on things that directly affect our community. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's really great. And I love it because, you know, I love my work day to day, but I, you know, I'm a giver. I just want to like give more and more of myself and try to help our community, especially in these tough times. So yeah, we've worked on amicus briefs and, you know, position papers and things like that. And coming from the city bar, it can have a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what something I want to get across is that, you know, we have a really horrible administration, uh, you know, at the top right now, but it doesn't mean that we can't do a lot locally by getting involved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really the only thing we can do at this point is get to work locally, right? In our spheres of influence, wherever that is. And that's a hard one. That's hard because all you see is you're just inundated with this information about things that are really discouraging that are coming from like 20 levels above. Yeah, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of layers to get to that point. And when things are going so poorly at like an executive level in this country to... Yeah, it's it's very easy, and I do it too, where I kind of lose sight of like, but what what can be done here, here Mm -hmm. and now... To kind yeah. of help. So. I had a hard moment at work. I don't remember when it was, but when the report came out that the president had joked um, that the vice president wanted to hang us mm-hmm. all, mm-hmm. Yeah. it just kind of soaked in that day that, like, obviously, even if he was joking, that's still, you know, our the top of our government being able to make a joke like that yeah. just seems okay. really yeah. scary. Um, yeah. And... I, yeah, I don't know if it sat that way with you, that oh, it just yeah. kind of like uh, permeated. Yeah. And I but like, I almost feel like when when I read that too, I was like, I that is really, really infuriating and sad, but I also was so not surprised at yeah. all by it. Like I'm yeah. become I feel like I'm becoming desensitized to all of it. You know, it's like that yeah. compassion that fatigue, fatigue kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Or outrage fatigue in yeah. this case. That's like yeah. a, such a yeah. real thing now. Yeah. Ugh. But on the lighter note. Mm-hmm. So some good things are happening. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit, if I may. Yes, yes, please. um, About a case that, so last year, Sylvia Rivera Law Project, 
Sylvia Rivera Law Project, <laughs> the Legal Aid Society, and Wilkie Farr and Gallagher, which is a big law firm here in New York, teamed up to win a lawsuit, which was Cruz versus Zucker. And that case was against the Department of Health in New York State for Medicaid um, denying medically necessary care to trans New Yorkers. Oh, okay. So that was a really big win because basically, yeah, Yeah. basically Medicaid was saying, you know, this isn't medically necessary, this is cosmetic, or this isn't medically necessary, you're under this age limit. Yeah. You know, so... um, It's amazing because now a lot of people in New York, a lot of trans New Yorkers have access to this care. Mm -hmm. And while people are still having to like duke it out in a fair hearing, um, you know, more than they should be, it it still was a a big win. So we're happy about that. How do some of these cases make their way to court? Because just thinking if, uh, I mean, even just as a a lesbian and before – I had the right to get married, let's say, Mm -hmm. you know, I would have never thought like, well, I better go and sue the government. Like it just seems like such a big daunting thing that even if you are of individual people, yeah, if you're trans, I'm like, who has time for that? Like, it's just so that's kind of the benefit of a class action because, um, you can have minimal time and interference with your life, but you can also be part of a group. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you look stronger as part of a group, and yeah. you have to give less of yourself. Okay. So that's that's is that where most the of these these big cases have yeah you know come come from? It's not necessarily an individual, but multiple people. Multiple people, and then you know once the class is certified, then anyone similarly situated gets to use the the ruling and hold it up and say me too, and you know mm. okay this applies to me. Cool. So that's yeah. awesome. More class action lawsuits. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Bring it on. That seems to be like how things really get done, though. Like, do you think do it's you called impact of, litigation? For yeah, a fun impact. Litigation. Ooh, I'm gonna fun use that term. one in an argument. Impact yeah. litigation. Impact lit- litigation. Megan, yeah, it sounds like you do work that's almost as important as the comedy we write. <laughs> <laughs> I'm honored that you yeah. think so. Truly honored. I don't know if you know, but we've made some funny videos for the internet that have had hundreds of views. <laughs> So we're kind of all in the same, you know, helping people. We're in the people. same boat. Yeah. We are. We are. I have another one to talk about. Yes, yes. I love this. So, okay. This one is pending right now. Um, so this is Legal Aid along with Cleary Gottlieb, which is a really big law firm in New York City. Um, and they're currently uh, bringing this case called DH et al. versus the City of New York. And this challenges the loitering for the purpose of prostitution statute, okay. mm. which you may or may not know, but under the New York Penal Code, you can get arrested and charged with loitering for the purpose of prostitution for doing a whole host of things that we all do every day, mm-hmm. like standing in a dress and hailing a cab, you know, um, can get you arrested for for this offense. And the the reality of it is that it's used to target trans women of color. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, Legal Aid and Clary Gottlieb are challenging the statute, saying the statute itself is unconstitutional because 
constitutionally I mean, to me like it is unconstitutional. Yeah, sounds- because constitutionally protected conduct falls within the statute. So, okay. um, so it's overbroad and it's vague. Okay. Yeah. So, that makes sense. So I have a question sort of related to that because I've seen signs posted in various cities that I've lived in that say no cruising. And I what always. Does that mean? Does that, that, I think that means with cars just. Does that mean cars going up and down the street? It doesn't no mean like I'm cruising you, like I'm looking you up and down. Is yeah, that what you mean? Well, I thought I thought it was. I always thought those laws were more kind of like an anti-prostitution. I think yeah, they're thing. definitely oh. they call it cruising, but I also it felt seems like, like it's meant to target like gay men, right? Or, or well, and, and or trans just or like and, people who because I I've, I I think that cruising under that definition might mean the literal act of like driving your car up and down a street with no intention of doing anything. That's what it's called in like small towns. When you go cruising, you're so in small towns that have, they have nothing to do. And so So kids, all the teenagers get in a car and they drive up and down like the main drag in town and just like kind of cause mischief. I think that's what (laughs) it is, but it does seem like driving around to pick up people. Oh no, I, 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 I don't know. It might mean something along those lines, but okay. it would make sense if someone. It seemed it, to me that dog whistle, the dog whistle that blows is like a very broad statue that they yeah. can point to just to pick up someone that they're suspicious of for whatever reason, right? And yeah. in this case, they go to like quote unquote crime prone areas mm-hmm. um, in like Brooklyn and the Bronx, and they pick up you know ten trans women of color, and they're like. We saw you, you know, approach three men driving a car, you know, or we saw you standing like, and doing standing, nothing. Yeah. Or I like mean. crossing the street, you know, literally just yeah. these insane things that we do every day that, you know, we're not going to be arrested for doing that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a pretty big deal. I believe the parties are engaging in discovery now, but I could be wrong. I could be a couple weeks behind on that so don't quote me but Mm -hmm. uh so that's going on so watch out for that so so something interesting when we're talking about uh making change at the the local level i moved to new york state from georgia uh because of um i mean partially because of family but also Mm -hmm. because of the laws there Mm -hmm. um you know didn't acknowledge my marriage and, and those kind of things so i'm like i'm done and i came to new york and new york city which you could argue is one of the most progressive cities in the country. And I was surprised at um, how how much I was reading about the issues between the police and the LGBTQ community yeah. in New York and that officers are still mm-hmm. uh, targeting um, trans people, trans people of color, um, and, yeah. and, and not protecting – uh, gay people. You know, mm-hmm. I was reading stories about gay people getting like harassed on the street or beat up and things like yeah. that, and then the police just like not taking or it domestic seriously. violence cases and maybe not being responded to the same way that a heterosexual arrangement would be yeah. approached by the cops. So, so it's crazy to think that in New York, you know, we're still very much having issues with that, and then. Mm-hmm. What are you supposed to do if you live somewhere yeah. else? It's just like even I don't know. Yeah, I mean I don't I wouldn't say the NYPD is particularly progressive or you yeah. know, um I think they lack a lot of training and yeah. hopefully that will take place. Um but you know, it's definitely really scary for people 
Like I have, I'm, I'm a cis white woman. I have passing privilege. Like mm-hmm. I'm experiencing the world in a very different way mm-hmm. than my clients are and that a lot of my, you know, friends and colleagues are. So it's, yeah, it's really scary. But what we can do is, uh, is challenge the police and challenge yeah. these statutes that they're relying on um, so that we're at least saying no, mm-hmm. um, you know, with a big voice in federal court. Um, and then... You know, a lot of these types of statutes have been struck down in other states. Mm-hmm. So if we can keep that, you know, keep riding that wave, I think that's good. What, what is the objective when you go into court? Like, let's say for this particular statute about that's clearly aimed to be able to pick up uh, trans people of color or trans women or whatever. How do you pr- like what's your argument to a judge you just have you literally just have to prove to the judge that this is unconstitutional i mean how how, <laughs> just. Is how does something <laughs> yeah. become a statute or a law when it's obviously discriminatory obviously that's so many of our laws are yeah so the thing is is whether it's discriminatory on its face mm-hmm. or as applied so okay. in this case it's discriminatory as applied mm-hmm. to this particular community um so the way that we get laws that are problematic or clearly unconstitutional is because the people that are making our laws are in Albany and Mm -hmm. that group of folks is not necessarily thinking about, you know, New York City um, people when they're making these laws. Um, So that happens. And then, you know, some of these laws are really old. I think that this has been on the books for like four decades or something. So we need to revisit these things. Um, as they're being applied improperly or as they are taking on a discriminatory hue. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, and, and you don't have to answer, but but did you support ConCon, the ballot? No, measure? I voted against that. Okay. Um, pretty much for the reason I just said, which was mm-hmm. um, that I worry that people upstate are not going to be taking into account you know, our clients um, okay. or people. I didn't know if you thought of it as a chance to actually then go and dismantle all of those like archaic laws that were written at a time that was a little bit harder on. Mm-hmm. It's really tempting, but you worry about losing more, um, yeah. more protections. Okay. So I voted against it. I don't know what CONCON is. The Constitutional Convention. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was one yeah. of the ballot measures or something. Yeah. So. Yeah. I voted for it, uh, okay. which I was in the minority. <laughs> Only like twenty mm-hmm. percent of people voted for it, and um, usually I like to research uh, a lot more before voting on something like that. I didn't have the time because there there was just so many different sides to it. But I yeah. just felt like all of the reasons to not vote for it was this kind of fear-based, like, oh, well, we're afraid that it could be worse. But mm-hmm. I was like, but let's be optimistic and think of all the good things that we could yeah. do if we could yeah. take out some of those laws. But, you know, I, I, there is a real reason to be afraid. Mm-hmm. With, yeah, you'd have to have a lot things of... things are going and the gerrymandering and, totally. and, and the state is, is an issue and um, you don't know who'd be represented. And yeah. um, But then, you know... One of the reasons supporting it was maybe we could write some things into the – some protections into the state constitution mm-hmm. so that no matter what's happening at the federal level, at least we would have that to kind of fall back on. Yeah, which is a fair argument. I think you would just have to look at who is up there representing people. And yeah. if you have a lot of faith in our mm-hmm. legislature, New York State mm. – 
then go for it. But I think that generally speaking, we don't have enough progressive minds up in Albany to yeah. have mm-hmm. something like that work. That makes sense. So and run for office, to, everyone. Yeah, run yeah. for office. Uh, run against incumbents. Yeah. yeah. Vote. Vote in the midterms. I mean, if, you know, the elections that, that happened in November um, were awesome and it shows mm-hmm. what happens when people show up. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of um, – we had some trans people being elective, yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of LGBTQ people getting representation and that's just not so only elected important. but unseating people who and unseating actively worked against like who were D- Danica very, Reem or Rome or however you say her name but yeah that was incredible how awesome. people calling themselves Dr. Homophobe or yeah <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah what's the what's or the appropriate level of optimism to have after like let's just say the Virginia stuff like I feel I was like wow look at how all these Democrats won these races like can this happen in 2018? Like, I'm just, I don't know. I don't want to be too optimistic, but it it seemed like kind of a cool, hopefully like sort of a microcosm of what the broader midterm election might show. I mean, I maybe know. this is, I don't know. I'm, I tend to be a very optimistic person, mm-hmm. um, but I think a little bit of optimism and a little bit of feeling like we have a win it might be what we need right now. Yeah. I mean, we've oh, been sure. like beaten up for yeah. a year and it's been yeah. Every bad day. news article after bad news article, bad policy after bad policy. You know, I think seeing I, – I like the piece that Rachel Maddow did. I don't know if you watch her, but she showed all of the um, all of the people that were in – what did they call it there? Not the state assembly – I don't know. The the version of Virginia's like mm-hmm. state assembly, um, they were looking to turn 14 seats and they showed all of these like middle-aged white men. And then they're like, and here are the newly elected Democrats. And they were underneath and it was like, you know, women of color yeah. and like, you know, LGBT candidates. And I was like, this is just, this is amazing, yeah. you yeah. know? And this is awesome because it's not just, you know, oh, it looks different. It's like mm-hmm. these this means that issues that wouldn't have been discussed, wouldn't have even been considered, mm-hmm. are going to be in the forefront or at least considered. At least brought up. Yeah. yeah. So it That's makes good. me excited and happy. Um, I was saying to my partner, I was like going into the place where we voted, you know, a year ago was almost triggering. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was really, really hard to walk back in. I think we all remember the way we felt that day. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh. <laughs> I know. Like, I had just this, like, horrible, like, chill. On November 8th, me. I told my roommate, I was like, precisely a year ago, it was like 4 p.m. that day or something. Yeah. I was so, so optimistic and so pumped and so just like, yeah. And just to have, and that just literally came like crashing down. I don't know. That know. was a, that was a rough, that was a rough night. I interviewed for my current job the day after what? The, oh, no. the election. We're, we're and just like a, I canceled people all crying? my plans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I no, can't imagine. It was like they gave me a choice of interviewing on Monday or Wednesday. And I was uh, like, I'm going to ride the wave of feminism right through this interview. And I'm nice. going to be like getting people while they're happy. And then, you know, I we woke up that, that morning yeah. and I was like sobbing on the subway on my way over. And I was like, I need to crush this interview because our clients need passionate attorneys yeah. more than ever. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, I need to put myself aside. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, no one's going to be in a good place at Legal Aid today. So mm-hmm. I need to just acknowledge it and then pl- 
plug along. Yeah. Well, good. So I'm about to try to challenge your optimism. (laughs) (laughs) Challenge accepted. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One of the many, many horrible things going on uh, right now is that uh, our president has um, the power to appoint federal judges and a lot of them. And I I was Mm -hmm. reading there is one who was unanimously passed by Republicans the other day who's never tried a case. Uh, and, and he was like also a, like disciplined as a by, lawyer. He's never tried a case. What do you mean? As like, a lawyer, yes. he's never tried a case, and he <laughs> is unanimously. What? I don't want to say he hasn't been disbarred. He wasn't but disbarred, but they said that he was like unqualified. Yeah, uh, for something or other. And then he's also had um, enough things that he's written and put into the universe that show that he cannot be uh, an impartial. I wonder what Trump found Judge. appealing in him. <laughs> Someone who's not qualified for his job, has no experience in it, and a track record of shit. Yeah. Goes. <laughs> so I think, I don't know if this is the right or the right term, but it sounds right to me. Like he clerked for one of the senators, or can he clerk for a senator or clerk for know. somebody? You can like, clerk for a judge. You can but... clerk for a judge. So maybe he clerked for a senator who used to be a judge or something. Wow. I don't know. He had some type of connection to, to a senator, and that's how his name got thrown into to the ring. But you have people like that. And, and Trump, and he's he's in his 30s. I mean, it's Trump a is making a point. He's in his 30s? That seems yeah. young to and be it's a, a federal judge. Appointment. Oh, yes. wow. So Trump is really trying to appoint very young people. I mean, Neil um, Gorsuch. Yeah. yeah, Gorsuch is... Uh, Fairly what, young. He's in the, scope the youngest of, person on the Supreme Court now, I think. Probably close to it, if I'm not. I'm not totally sure if he's the youngest person, but yeah, he's young for yeah. justice, definitely. Um, so yeah, we have all these lifetime appointments, and when it, you know, it's it's federal judges who have been um, kind of heroes and stopping yeah. um, some of the the things that Trump has been trying to do, like the the Muslim the travel ban. Mm-hmm. And um, keeping trans people from serving in the military, I believe those are all federal judges who have who have struck kind of down. struck those mm-hmm. down. Yeah. But what happens when the federal judges are just the cheat code for all this, you know, and are holding up these things that probably aren't constitutional, but are just letting them go through? Yeah. At the end, these people, I mean, federal judges are just people. They're right. like they're not. Of course, they have a job, a very important job to do, but they are just people at the end of the day. So they kind of can just do whatever they want, right? Like, what? what's the recourse if a... What happens if a judge says something that is clearly wrong? What, I mean... Hopefully the case would be reviewed by the Supreme Court. Okay. And now we're seeing... So things get to the Supreme Court in, like, a number of different ways, but one of the ways that they can get there is if there's a circuit, a circuit split. Mm-hmm. So meaning that one circuit says something, the other circuit you know, takes a different approach okay. or, you know, says something the opposite. Uh, then the case would go to the Supreme Court and they would decide. Okay. Now the issue we're seeing, you know, I hope RBG yeah. holds on forever. Yeah. I love her. I've read a lot about her. She's, she's fascinating. Amazing. She's a hero of mine. Uh, I hope she sleeps with like an oxygen tank at night. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to like send her some vitamins. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but – you know, Gorsuch is a scary guy. I think um, if we were to see another, you know, another appointment, that would really worry me mm-hmm. because that's it in terms yeah. of your recourse. If 
if, you know, the federal judges start doing wonky things. Um, But we need to, you know, just – we have little control Mm -hmm. over – over that. So yeah. I think that to focus locally is more important and to, you know, we talk a lot about this, you know, outrage fatigue, which I experience too, just like hearing different horrible things that are happening. But I think it's really important to keep up. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. it's it's hard and, you know, for those of us who have like anxiety and like mental health reasons not to keep up, then that's one thing. But yeah. I feel like – what they want is for us to be so desensitized, mm-hmm. so yeah. broken down that they'll just keep plugging yeah. away and keep, um, you I think know, they depend on us they losing depend interest, on us losing, just interest. losing like yeah. any sort of hope, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, it it's tough. <laughs> it's tough because I I think that uh, people on the left obviously have a lot more empathy mm-hmm. than than people on the right. So. There are a lot of people on the right who I hear will be like, well, we had a deal with eight years of Obama. Mm-hmm. And like, I can't imagine that during those years you were as pain, like you were probably like, oh, we're all my tax money is going to right. illegal immigrants so that they can stay home and collect welfare like, checks well, yeah. and like, like fake outrage based on like nonsense things that, that aren't even real. Based on propaganda from Fox News. Yeah. And, based on propaganda yeah. and like getting angry about that. But in terms of like feeling like their rights were being right taken away from them yeah. and that their ability to live like a, a healthy and like sustainable life right. and happy right. life and uh, be safe in their places of employment and stuff like none of that was at risk for for these people mm-hmm. and I honestly think that they're they're gonna outlive us all because to to have empathy for <laughs> for yeah. uh, others human. G- yeah. the emotional toll it takes and and everybody that I know like they feel like they've been getting sick more this year like yeah. their immune system is down because it's just so emotionally um stressful taxing. and taxing yeah. that that your your defenses your defenses get down mm-hmm. yeah um, i think that the the thing that they say on the right is that and this is bogus because the government is not allowed to take a position on picking one religion and you know Right. We know that. (laughs) Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, You know, choosing a religion above others and then protecting that religion. So folks will say on the right, like this, you know, you giving rights to these people violates my religion. Or you granting abortion rights to this group of people violates my religion. Right. So they – they will say that, you know, their rights have been violated, their right to free exercise of their religion. But they haven't. Right. Because yeah. they're, it's literally they're just not, not being true. forced like, to get you an are, abortion. Right. right. You're yeah, free no to exercise yeah. your religion. You're yeah. free to exercise your right to not get an abortion. Yeah. You're, you're free always to, free to do that. Uh, stay in the closet and yeah. be a senator from South Carolina. <laughs> you're free to do that. And <laughs> you do you. You know, oh, I I am very anti outing people, um, except when they're just really except when they make a career trying. out of literally stomping on our rights. Yeah, yeah. Then I am okay with saying. I think that politicians are the only people who Lindsey Graham's a big queen. Can absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsey Graham's a big queen. Quote. Oh yeah, that's on the record. Yeah. Queen of the worst kind. <laughs> Him and Kevin Spacey can duke it out. Oh, my God. In hell. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, you can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. 
You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Going back, I I looked it up before um, Roy Moore was uh, a state judge, not a federal judge, but he was removed twice from the seat. And now he's probably going to be a senator, uh, even though he's into 14-year-old girls. So um, but so it's like (sighs) hope mixed with horribleness. Right. (laughs) I like all these disclosures, though, that are happening. Every day it's a new disclosure. I'm like, maybe this will cause some sort of culture shift, you know, where we immediately say, you know, this person did this to me and and that, you know, is not right. And I'm not going to stay silent about it. And and moving forward now, men can definitely not be like, well, those are different times back then. Or I didn't know. I didn't know you weren't supposed to masturbate in front of your colleagues and and that kind of stuff. Like they they can't be like, oh, at the time I didn't realize that this was sexual stuff. I know. It's just... I, someone tweeted, 2017 is the year men discovered consequences, and I <laughs> cackled because it's so that. true. Yeah. yeah. It really is. It's like this is this is the very beginning of a sort of like reckoning, I think, with male behavior, everyone's behavior, but primarily, obviously, male behavior. Um, and I think we're going to – I really think that in 20 years, like business textbooks will say – we'll talk a lot about the Weinstein effect and what yeah. – they're going to they're gonna have to name it after him because mm-hmm. it's like – it just, it, it's, it's so real now of like, no one's safe from all this, these like harassment allegations and stuff. I know that we're upset about George Takei, but <laughs> it's just, they have to understand that at some point people simply aren't going to tolerate it anymore. And, and I know that one of the criticisms is like, well, how come it's nothing? And then all of a sudden it's 50 women coming forward. It's like, because it takes one person to be brave enough to do it 
But if we yeah. can get to the point where we don't need a stack of allegations against the same person, that's the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To believe yeah. Yeah. a woman. Yeah, to believe women. Yeah. Like, we're beginning to convince people that we are people to be believed. And that's that's all it is. That's well said. I'm afraid yeah. that 2018 is going to be the year that men discover that consequences still don't really affect them and that they yeah. still reign supreme. And 2018, the, the year men forgot about the consequences they faced in 2017. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, no. it's the year of the 2017 comeback. will be yeah. 2018. All yeah. these men Louis C.K. will sell out Madison Square Garden in 2018. You heard it here first. Oh, yeah. I Vom. promise he will. Ugh. I don't know. Maybe this time this will be the thing that kind of jars people's memories a little bit down the road and it won't be the kind of like Woody Allen thing where everyone just forgets about it and mm. brings it up but it's like hush hush and everything I don't know whatever hopefully it'll just be constant yeah it'll just be every I mean I love I don't it mean, this is the news dump that I enjoy the like, abuse <laughs> should not be constant let me just put that out right. there but no the, but the but the calling it out the publicly, truth sharing yeah yeah and I think it's important especially in specific industries like film um it's even happening in like the restaurant world, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Did you yeah. read what is his name? I'm uh, a, Besh. Yeah. yeah John Besh. From, um, I think he's he's pretty big in like the New Orleans food scene. Yeah. I watch all those cooking shows. Yeah. Top Chef. Yeah. Top Chef Masters. The whole thing. The whole collection. <laughs> um, that's an industry where it is absolutely rampant. I can I mean, say you that would from know. firsthand. Yeah. yeah. Not necessarily that I've been on the receiving end of it, but mm, I certainly work in an environment where it happens and regardless of the well-meaningness of your the people that own the restaurant, it, they can't prevent it. And it's like, they can listen to people and react accordingly, but that's about all. And the first step yeah. is them listening and understanding and believing when we're, and we're still getting there with that. So I have, it can happen in the courthouse too. Oh, you know, sure. everyone's supposed to be on their best behavior and having mm-hmm. decorum. And then I remember it was my first job out of law school and I was in court a lot and I went in one day and the court officer was like, hi, sweetheart, is this your first case? Like Ugh, as if wow. I was a child, yeah. you know, and not a professional, like he would treat my male counterparts, Yeah, you know, so it is everywhere. Um, I believe that you get it a lot in the, in the law world because mm-hmm. I watch Ally McBeal all <laughs> yeah. season. It is a boys club. A lot. Yeah. A lot of, uh, I can't imagine. That's the pilot of, of Ally McBeal, I think. Oh, is really? a sexual harassment thing at one firm and then she moves to another and then I think they like hire the same guy or something mm-hmm. I don't know something like that but it was a recurring theme yeah yeah there's a lot of that yeah I love that show too yeah. <laughs> uh it doesn't hold up yeah <laughs> let me say I started, I started watching again and I, I used to love that show when it I never when it was it. out and then watching it again I'm like well this is pretty mediocre yeah. oh no I haven't revisited I it. mean Mid to yeah. late 90s sitcoms in general. Yeah. I don't know. Although I am rewatching Will and Grace and I'm enjoying it. It's very different. It's interesting to watch the current iteration of it. Oh, I haven't been watching The current that. one is actually pretty I good. Watch it. It's good. They've, yeah. they've covered topics like conversion camps um, because the storyline where Jack has a child that grew into an adult who now has a child. Mm. And they were trying to send him to like one of those camps upstate. And mm. he goes up there. They go up and basically rescue the kid, and like, of course, the dad changes his mind completely about the whole issue. It's very, it's far too tidy and you know yeah. feel good. But yeah. um, Jane Lynch is in that episode as one of the camp counselors who is 
a st- masquerading as a straight woman and is hilarious. But you still haven't for seen what I'm a cheerleader. I know. I still, which is why it's about, <laughs> yeah. and you would love it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's oh, so man. great. Yeah, I need to see that. I have a lot of catching up to do on gay culture, but that's an entirely <laughs> you have a whole life. I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we've talked about uh, about trans laws. Trying to mm-hmm. yeah, because <laughs> I will spy, I will spiral on TV uh, and Macaulay Culkin. Uh, <laughs> I'm still thinking about him. Uh, so a lot of the legal stuff that that we're reading about. Um, that's been happening are laws that, that affect and trying to get protections for for trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all pretty familiar with gay marriage mm-hmm. kind of stuff of you know whether your pizza place can serve pizza that nobody asked for. Right? Uh, no, nobody <laughs> asked your pizza place to cater a wedding. <laughs> Indiana Yet pizza. You're still yeah person. yeah. Uh, the cake shop case. Mm-hmm. The cake shop. Yeah. yeah. That's going on right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Masterpiece Cake Shop. Yeah. Oh, really? Keep oh, yeah. I did read that. about that. I just don't understand how how anything like that would. Like, what's the goal of that case? You mean, like, or no, what's... no? Like, how how do you even think that you have a leg to to stand on? Because it's so obviously um, discriminatory mm-hmm. in application, you know, if, if you're a Christian, then are you asking, um, couples if they've ever cheated on their spouses? Are you asking right. them? The hypocrisy um, if is always there. Yeah. yeah. Like what other sins or is it just like a, a gay marriage is, you know, that's like, where you like, draw the line. Right. You're like, yeah. Like our, our cat, our Catholics, um, catering our Catholic companies, catering marriages that, um, are a second marriage yeah. or something, you know, like, like Mike Pence officiated, um, Steve Mnuchin's third wedding. And, and he used to be, he used to be like crazy Catholic. Yeah. And here you are like presiding over a wedding that used to like not be seen as legitimate, a or, legit yeah. wedding, but the, yeah, the hypocrisy. I mean, I know he's no longer Catholic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, one thing I'll say is that a lot of these cases, um, like the cake shop case, for instance, um, so that's a private company. So mm-hmm. private companies get away with a lot more than the federal government can. The yeah. federal government is, you know, supposed to be, you know, not discriminating against mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. Right? Because under federal law, that's prohibited. Sure. But um, individual companies – they have to play by the rules of their own state or municipality or whatever we're talking about. So um, the cake shop case is going on in Colorado, I think I so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in Colorado, they have a, a state law, an anti-discrimination act, um, which prohibits the discrimination based on race and sexual orientation. And so that state has decided to – either meet the federal standard or to expand upon the the federal standard in terms of who's protected. Mm -hmm. So states, this is like a little law school thing, like states are allowed to give more rights, but they can't take them away. So a state can't go in and say, actually, we're not going to go up to what the federal law says and we're not going to protect based on race. But what they can do is they can say, we'll protect everything that the federal law says and then some more. So we'll okay. do gender identity and expression 
Is or, that just for that kind of law in particular? Because I feel like on abortion stuff. Civil Rights Act is okay. really what I'm okay. talking about here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the interesting thing, so this case is going to be heard, uh, the Supreme Court is going to hear oral argument coming up um, in December, December 5th, which I will be listening to. Mm-hmm. You can listen to it online. It's very interesting. Um and, you know, it's basically like what you were saying. This couple came in. They wanted a wedding cake, a uh, gay couple, men. Um, and they were told, no, I don't, you know, I won't make a cake for you for your wedding. That's, you know, against my beliefs. And so that is prohibited by Colorado state law because that's discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Yeah. And the bakery is a public accommodation. I'm air quoting. Yeah. A public accommodation, like – you know, a restaurant mm-hmm. or a place that the public has access to. But, the, um, but so there's no way to prove that in your religion that you can't make a cake for a quote-unquote sinner, <laughs> right? Right. right. Like uh, what What religious ground do you have to, to stand on? Maybe I shouldn't have interrupted you. No, Keep no, going. it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so, you know, I think that I was going to mention RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Reformation Act, um, which is basically states coming out with their own um, religiously based reasons of discriminating against others and trying to hide behind the cloak of faith um, when they're basically just discriminating against people, yeah. um, you know, on the basis of their sexuality. Yeah. Um, and... It, it's to be seen, you know. Um, so the case, I believe, yeah, so the Court of Appeals um, said unanimously that this bakery discriminated against this couple. Um, and now the Supreme Court is going to hear the case. Wow. So it's to be seen. Um, you know, we hope for the best. I don't know yeah. what this current um, impaneled court, what we're going to see. but. Yeah. Um, it seems like it plainly goes against their their state's law. So, yeah. um, you know, I won't predict what the Supreme Court's going to do ever. But, yeah. That's cool. I didn't you know, it it's like on, on one hand, like, I don't want that stupid bakery to have the money. Like, yeah. <laughs> or the publicity coming from this, because I'm sure there's plenty of yeah, right-wingers who were like, we're with, only getting our cakes from them now. I don't know. Yeah. But. Well, with any of these companies, like when – um, when I both times when I got married, I wanted to do it in states <laughs> that were uh, that that were more liberal and knowing that my money um, will more likely be going to to vendors who um, support uh, equal rights and equal marriage rights, and I would hate to overpay for a, yeah. a cake to have it made by some assholes. Like yeah. I, I don't want you to have. I my never money. understand those businesses who like won't do whatever their business is who won't perform a transaction for people because they don't like them. It's like, they're offering you money to do a, your, the thing that you do. Yeah. Is there money gay too? Like, what <laughs> is there money going to make you gay? I don't know. It doesn't well, make any sense from but like but a business if, perspective. If I ran a bakery and a couple of Nazis came in and they're like, make me a tiki torch cake. You yeah. Know, I'd be like, <laughs> which they love. They yeah. love those. tiki torch. Each birthday Butter candle cream. is a little tiki torch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a popular cake, right? Uh, that they like. <laughs> they to throw have. a lot of parties. Yeah, I think this couple was actually getting married in Massachusetts, and then they were going to have a party. Oh, okay. In ah. Colorado, so, interesting. Just well, a little like fun. fun fact. 
Yeah. Yeah, I thought Colorado was better than that. Come yeah. on. Well, they have a really protective state law. So they, they do. Are. Yeah. 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 And they their court of appeals that. upheld the state law. But so. there are assholes everywhere. So <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Willing to take it to the Supreme Court, like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Abigail oh, Fisher. Oh, Abigail Fisher. Yeah. The mediocre nice white girl who challenged the affirmative action. action. Yeah. yeah Texas, I wonder what happened yeah. to her. She's probably writing an angry email to like some restaurant right now about them not seating her whole group for Yelp brunch review. or something. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet she's the worst on Yelp. <laughs> she's got to be. She's a pain in the ass. She's one of those that you look at her profile on Yelp, but she's got like 462 reviews. Whatever. With she's, an average of two and a half stars each. She's totally working some like low-level job for some Republican oh, politician yeah, or something. That, and everyone in the office is like, just don't talk to her, please. <laughs> she just she makes a big deal out of everything. <laughs> Tell her she's doing a great job, and then we'll clean up the mess later. We can't deal with her. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, yeah, so we're, we are running out of time on this episode, um, but, you know, local things are happening. Yeah. Pay attention, even though times are dark. Megan, is there anything else you want to say about the law before we go to our random question of the Will you explain the, the rest of the law to us before, <laughs> yeah. in the next minute Any and other half? law stuff that's <laughs> going such on? such a tall order coming in to try to, I wanted to give just like a brief look out for this case, um. And that is... Shout out to this court case. <laughs> Shout out to Lambda Legal for doing the amicus Lambda Legal, brief. yeah. <laughs> On Zarda versus Altitude Express, which is a sexual orientation discrimination case, also workplace discrimination, um, which they uh, the argument being put forth is that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act should protect sexual orientation because... Um, so Title Seven right now it says sex and not sexual orientation, and the mm-hmm. argument is that sexual orientation discrimination is a form of sex discrimination, mm-hmm. and therefore it should be protected under the Civil Rights Act. So it would be really great um, mm-hmm. if if That's that case deal, went yeah. our way. So just keep an eye on that, and then just shout out to Judge Colleen Keller. Cottley, uh, the D.C. Circuit judge who struck down the trans military ban, calling Yay. it unconstitutional. Yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing that. That's and great. That is I want to get those judges like their own little capes to wear to work every day <laughs> over the robes yeah. or under if it's more professional. But. Yeah, we'll give them <laughs> rainbow gear to yeah. wear under the robes. Yeah. So our random question for the week is, uh, if you were straight, what kind of guy would you go for? Oh, God. Mm. Ugh. I know the answer to this, and it's so unsettling. I would go for, like, the most <laughs> macho, probably, like, I feel like if I were straight, I would be the most annoying, like, basic straight girl in the world. <laughs> I would, by default, go for guys taller than me, which yeah. is, like, 1% of the male population. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably just, like, the big Chris Pratt before he lost a bunch of weight kind of guys. Okay. I don't know. Big Andy Dwyer kind of crap. I, don't really like I would anymore, go but. for like a wildernessy type, mm-hmm. like a <laughs> shout out to my friend Steve if you're listening. You're totally <laughs> my type. Um, no, he's a wilderness instructor and a judge, actually. Oh wow, very cool person. Um, yeah, no, someone with like a big body, like a big sturdy body, mm-hmm. and like you know some wilderness chops. Yeah, that's cool. What about you? Like an intellectual too. That would be yeah. Needed. Um, you know, this is, this is a hard one for me. Uh, hairless, um, <laughs> minimal body hair, uh, 
What sort of frame? Like kind of smaller frame. I'm seeing a skinny one for you. Well, skinny, but not like too like some a little bit of of muscle, but Uh like definitely can't do dad bod Mm -hmm. uh, or anything that's too like manly. Probably a little bit more androgynous. Yeah, Uh, yeah. The man that's closest to a woman, right, would be my type. No, when I think of like any male celebrities that I've ever like felt a tiny bit of attraction to, it'd be like the the lead singer of Incubus. Oh, uh, um, Brandon Brandon Boyd yeah, was his Brandon name. Boyd. He was he was very smooth face, smooth face. He like, really had that two thousand two aesthetic with like the hair. hair. Yeah, yeah, that's my type. He probably has like a cool sun tribal tattoo somewhere on him that you'd convince him to get removed in a nice way. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it would totally be like man bun barista type. I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was really revealing. That was nice. (laughs) It's revealing for me too. I had to search real deep for that answer because it's not something that I think about often. I don't think about that. I think of it more in terms of like, what if I was unlucky enough to be born just straight as hell? What's the kind of guy I would settle for is usually the, because I think that that's what that would be, would be settling. Someone once asked me if I had to sleep with a male celebrity, who would it be? Um, Mine would be... Tom Hardy, probably. Yeah. I just feel like I feel like he would just be really good at it, and then he would probably be really cool to hang out with afterwards. I don't know. My answer was really embarrassing. What was Let's it? Let's have it. Was it Macaulay Culkin? No, it's Justin Bieber. Oh my really? god! Really? Oh man, you are so gay. Mine is <laughs> Orlando Bloom, but oh, really? as Legolas. Oh. Like I'd want him oh, okay. to dress up like that. Oh, that that's he probably gayer. gets that request that's from other gayer women. than Justin Bieber. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just watched the Lord of the Rings movies recently. I've again. never seen them. There, I know. <laughs> that was a look of disappointment for yeah. those who couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll get right on that for sure. I've got See, about 12 but hours to burn first. later this week. I'll just watch all three <laughs> of those movies. Megan, do you care about social media followers? Do you want to plug anything? or um, I'll plug my dog's Instagram account. Yes! yes. <laughs> At Hank and Magic. What? That's amazing. Go Hank and them. Magic. They're amazing. Magic is an Australian shepherd, 18 months, very oh. beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful coat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hank dog. is a Jack Russell Beagle who turned three this month. Yay! Oh, I love them. So cute. Um, and I won't best. plug my own Instagram because that just feels a little gratuitous. You're like, actually, could, could all of you not search for me at all? <laughs> I like to keep a low profile. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but I was going to plug some legal services organizations yes. that are Please great. Do. Please do. So I mentioned SRLP earlier, Sylvia Rivera Law Project. Um, also, Anti Violence Project, um, Make the Road, Audre mm-hmm. Lord Project. Uh, so many projects, so little time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really important. I think it's great to donate to Lambda and to ACLU, mm-hmm. but they get a ton of donations. I'm not discouraging anyone from donating to big, um, big legal service organizations, but the small ones in New York are doing really important work. Mm-hmm. Um, and they could use your help too. Yep. I donated to Lambda Legal once when I lived in Georgia and right. man, were they after me. Oh, so yeah. the worst thing about donating anywhere is like they're not happy emails just a day. one. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're like, like, can you sign up to donate every life. month? And I'm like, no. God, St. Jude's is still sending me. <laughs> oh man. Like sending packets. Sad pictures yeah. Of kids. Packets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, you can follow us on uh, at Diking Out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can follow me uh, at TGI Carolyn on Twitter and Instagram. And go to carolynbergier.com if you want to see where I'm uh, performing stand-up comedy next. Um, after November, you can find me at the Sarah York on Twitter and Instagram. And that's it. Thank you so much, as always, for diking out yeah. with us. And we hope you dike out with us again. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently, a large part of my identity is being a father to my two wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I'm hoping to open up the conversation about balancing careers and family. The one thing I constantly hear successful people say, without fail, is that they wish they'd spent more time with their kids. That's time no one can get back. So I decided to create Business Dad to engage in the conversation about how we're spending our time now, providing a forum for successful dads to share their joys and challenges of being a working parent. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier. And while this podcast will talk about business and will definitely be featuring dads, I think everyone can learn something from these incredible conversations as we unpack the expectations we all have about careers, relationships, and ourselves. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts.